Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. and gentlemen to uh, we don't even know what the fuck we call this show but we're here we can call it tonight that oh she might have pissed off show Ooh, i like that um let's see here uh quick question my friend mm-hmm. how about that jamar chase <sighs> okay Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Tell me. Tell me how much you suck at picking things. So, as I previously stated, that I was wrong about that. (laughs) Although Cincinnati's offensive line still stinks, but I was wrong about that because he's he's a generational talent after one year. But I'm going to start off with saying this about my second favorite team in the NFL. Uh Uh-oh. Which is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh Uh-oh. I am utterly disappointed. I'm utterly disgusted about what I saw not only in the second half today, but Mm -hmm. parts of the entire game. Okay. The Kansas City Chiefs did exactly what they did the last time they played the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. They go down the field, three straight drives, three touchdowns. Yep. They hold can they hold the Cincinnati Bengals to three points. Mm-hmm. And then and yes, I blame Andy Reid for this. In the second half, they somehow became the Cleveland Browns. And and being that being said, they <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. They became the Cleveland Browns without Kevin Stefanski. Right. Um, they decided that fire them all. In in the first in the first half, on first down. 
Jarek McKinnon was averaging 7.4 yards per carry. In the second half, with a big lead, they decide we're going away from that. And, I, and I'll give Cincinnati's defense credit in the second half where it's due is Kansas City had nobody open. There was nobody open. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they could not put pressure on one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL at all, I am so disappointed in Kansas City today. Did I watch the second game? But I was in just like a somber mood because there's no reason that Kansas City lost that game. They, they Kansas City just decided we got a big lead. We're going to go into a prevent defense. We're really not going to try to score anymore. And we're just going to win like this. And, and, and the other thing is, is the stupidity – at the end of the first half, you have five seconds left in the first half. You snap the ball. If nobody's open, you chuck it, and you kick the field goal. Okay. You throw the ball to the three-yard line? Okay. I'm just so disappointed and disgusted with the way my Chiefs played today. And I'm more disgusted that the Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl. I love the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you would. It's an Ohio team. It's an Ohio team that was started by Paul Brown. By Paul Brown. After he got fired by Art Modell. None of that's relevant, but okay. All of that's relevant. All no, it's of it's relevant. relevant. It's all relevant. So, so our Cleveland Browns, uh, our, our mini Browns, the Bengals, um, that they actually, okay, we had this conversation last week. And and I said I thought the game was going to be forty-two to forty-one. Um, but I thought Kansas City was going to pull it off. I did keep saying, "Don't be surprised if Cincinnati wins this game." I, and I said, "I it wouldn't shock me." Um, the. <laughs> I thought everyone in the world would have figured out from Marty Schottenheimer that the prevent defense is probably the worst thing in the world to play. Yeah, you absolutely, you're absolutely right. You have to put pressure on that quarterback as bad as that offensive line is. And, and that, they didn't do it. That's, that's, uh, Joe Burrow, if he would have had pressure, 
that game would have been in Kansas City's. Kansas City would have won that game. Kansas City outplayed Cincinnati. They outplayed them. The quarterback play, they outplayed them. Um, Jamar Chase was, you know, he didn't have his greatest game. T. Higgins had a great game. Joe Mixon had a great game. Mixon, gosh, that boy just, I love him. That boy can run and run and run. But again, you go, they go with Jarek McKinnon over Edwards Alaire, and I get that. He's more explosive. The guy's getting seven yards of carry on first down. And then in the second half, you're like, eh, we ain't doing that. Why? Mm. That's why I said they turn into the Browns. Because the Cleveland Browns go into the first half and they're up 21 to 10, and they totally change their game plan in the second half. Uh, and I blame Andy Reid for this loss. Nobody else. Andy Reid. Um... Yeah, I'm sorry I sound pissed off, but I am. Well, Andy Reid was was the uh, uh, it, it was the play calling. Um that cost the it, it wasn't just the play it was the strategy that was used okay it, it, it but that's pretty kind of much the same thing the philosophy well it, it is it is if andy reed is the one calling the plays but then it's the same thing if andy reed is letting his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator call the the plays then it's a totally different thing because the scheme comes up from from the head coach yet the play calling so the head coach will look at his defensive coordinator and say we need to go prevent then it's then the defensive coordinator calls a a prevent defense like whatever way he he wants to call it um that's where the difference is. Now, if Andy Reid is calling the defense, then they're one and the same. He's the one making the scheme as well as he is the one producing the scheme. Okay, yeah, but okay, so I agree with you on, on that one, on part of that point. But but here's my thing. <laughs> Spagnolo, is that Spagnolo? Did I, did I pronounce his name right? Yes. It's Spagnolo. Here's the thing. Everybody knows that Cincinnati's offensive line is is one of the worst in the NFL. Okay. Oh, that's when fabulous. he is. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I popped open the stats, and of course, NFL uh, Network has some sort of Clifford advertisement going and it's blasting in the background so i can't oh. hear you so all right when so joe what burrow, were you just saying when joe burrow is blitzed yes his completion percentage is right around 50 percent. yep and that's where he turns the ball over whether it's a sack fumble or an interception they didn't blitz nope in kansas city secondary kansas city secondary Outside of Tyron Matthew, we all know it's not great. Mm-hmm. 
So if you're not going to blitz and you're going to give Joe Burrow the little check downs and you're going to give him time to throw the ball, of course he's going to figure it out eventually. It just, the, the scheme, the game plan, whatever you want to call it in the second half was awful on both sides of the football. Yeah, they, they didn't score at the end of the first mm-hmm. half, and, and they should have at least got a field goal out of it. And then they get the ball in the second half, and they go three and out. Okay, so he had a 60% completion rate, one interception, two touchdowns, 250 yards. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was... Uh... <laughs> That's kind of funny. Patrick Mahomes was 70%, 275 yards, three touchdowns, but two interceptions. And all of those stats came in the first half. Yes. Outside of outside of the last drive when they tied the game. Uh, let's see here. Fumbles. I wanted to see. Uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes fumbled one. Creed Humphrey fumbled one. So turnovers were were kind of big in this in this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes fumbled once, but they got the ball. They kept the ball. It's still considered a fumble. But it wasn't a turnover. It wasn't a turnover, but it was a fumble. Correct. Mahomes. The, the Chiefs had two turnovers. Cincinnati had one. Uh, it's the next game where I'm gonna talk about time of possession time of possession wasn't really a factor in this game um okay here here's 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 the stat that i sat back and i went oh oh now this was this is the other reason that that kansas city lost sacks allowed cincinnati allowed one sack Patrick Mahomes sacked four times. Yep. And they were all huge losses because he's trying to scramble around like he's playing Mario Kart. Mm -hmm. And he ends up 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Now, Uh, 90% of the time he does that, he makes a positive play, whether it's running or or throwing. But... not, he now, needs to understand to throw the fucking ball away. Now, I, I, I said that intercept or uh, turnovers were were pretty much key in this, and it was. Kansas City had two turnovers, Cincinnati had one, but that okay. second turnover was was ooh bad juju. It came yeah, at it the was. wrong time. Cincinnati the lead, and it gave him all the momentum. After, after, and, I, and this is huge. And I know on the stat sheet it doesn't look like anything. And I know people will go, "Oh, okay, yeah." When Kansas City failed to score at the end of the first half, every ounce of momentum went to Cincinnati. And then Kansas City gets the ball in the third quarter, and they go three and out. And I know they went back and forth in the third quarter, and nobody really did a whole lot of anything. I get that. Both teams punted, I think, four times. They, they both punted 
twice in a row. But th- there's absolutely no excuse for Kansas City, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick on this, and it'll get old. That they just went away from gar- giving Jarek McKinnon the football on first down in the second half. Yes. You have second and three every single time in the first half. So as uh, as anyone knows here, and, and I, I'm I'm not belittling what you're saying. I just want to get into the overtime time situation. When uh, the coin toss happened, the first thing in my head was this. Kansas City's going to the Super Bowl. If Ka- if Kansas City wins the coin toss, the, they're dominant. They're dominant, man. This was the weirdest overtime I've ever seen in my entire life. Patrick Mahomes gets the ball. Walks out on the field, incomplete pass to Robinson. Behind people. Second pass, incomplete to Robinson again. Both passes. Did you notice that both those passes were thrown behind? I, I, I absolutely noticed it. Third, trying for Travis Hill, and and here's the thing that Cincinnati did great. Or uh, Ty- Tyreek Hill. Um, the what Cincinnati did great is the fact that they kept Hill from doing anything in this game. In the second half. In the second half. Well, even okay. Here's here's my question for you. Last play of Patrick Mahomes' season. He throws into triple coverage. To try to hit Tyreek Hill. Yep. What in the hell is going on in your head? In that, my head? No, in his head. That makes you think that throwing it. Okay, if he's triple covered, why are you not looking around the rest of the place? Because somebody is not covered. It, well, if you didn't watch the second half, I mean, if you watch the second half, he never had time to fucking throw the football. No. They, the the Bengals' defensive line was coming through the offensive line like it, it, like it was a sieve, like it was a piece of Swiss cheese. Okay, so I'm going to respond to what you just said, and I'm going to tell you flat out this, and you can ask Dr. Drippy Dick whenever you talk to him. They were both over here. Because they were they were out doing doing their business, making money, and they just wanted to stop and watch the end of this game. Mm-hmm. So they stopped over here, and the game went to overtime. And Kansas City won the coin flip. And Jake's like, "That's it, it's over." I said, "No, it ain't." And he's like, "Yes, it is." I'm like, "Have you watched this game in the second half?" I don't trust Kansas City right now to do anything. And and when yes, yes, the defensive line of, of Cincinnati played over expectation. 
I get that. The secondary was great and nobody got open, but the only reason the secondary was great in the second half is because Kansas City's offensive play calls were so fucking predictable. There was no jet sweeps to Tyreek Hill. There was no bubble screens to Nicole Hardman for 13 yards. It was, let's force the ball to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And Cincinnati figured it out. And I tell you what, uh, it, in any other game in the season, that would have been a fine play. That would have been a great playbook to play. You can generally count on Kelsey and Hill. But right. guess what? You don't have to get everybody else involved. Guess what? Those Bengals went in at halftime and came back out. And Kansas City didn't change anything. Exactly. No, they did change something. They changed what was working in the first half. Well, okay. Here's the thing. They changed their defense. They didn't change their offense. Of course they changed their offense. They stopped go They went away from what was succeeding. They went to, to Kelsey and Hill. All the way through the second half. Okay, you're right. And Cincinnati knew it was coming because they weren't going to anybody else. That's a, I, I, I mean, how is that any different from the first half? Because they were hitting Hardman. They were giving the ball to McKinnon. They were hitting McKinnon, you know, on bubble screens. They were doing different things that kept Cincinnati could not just bring everybody up because they knew what Kansas City was doing in the second half. I mean, maybe we didn't watch the same game, but as soon as Kansas City went three and out and three and out in the second half, I'm like, this game's turning because they are trying to not lose. When you have a when you're up twenty, what was it? Was it twenty four to what was scored half time? Twenty twenty one to ten. Mm-hmm. You got to put you got to keep your foot on the gas. And I know Kansas City's kind of gotten away from this. We're just going to launch the ball fifty yards down the field and either get a completion or a pass interference. And I understand that their offensive line's not as great as it was a couple of years ago. Man, you got to take chances down the field. Because eventually, they're going to take that short shit away. And those nine-yard passes are now five-yard passes. I mean, I'm not taking nothing away from Cincinnati. Joe Burrow did not – he did not play an extraordinary game by no means. He played good enough, and thank you know, thank the Lord for them. They got a great kicker. That's uh, I mean, they have eleven field goals in the playoffs. That should not be a recipe to win, but somehow they did it. So I'm very disappointed and disgusted. 
in my Kansas City Chiefs. What, what, when did they become your Kansas City Chiefs? They're my second favorite team. I don't know why. They got cool helmets. They're red. I know, but they're cool. Okay, see, you, you remember when we were little and you used we used to go into department stores and when you're walking out, they had the little machine you stick a quarter in and twitch the thing and the little football helmet came out? Yes. My, the first one I ever got was the Kansas City Chiefs. The first one you got was what? The Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. I, I don't know what to do with you. No, I don't. I don't care what you do with me. <sighs> You want to talk about the second game. The second game, I didn't really have. I mean, I, I rooted for the Rams just because I knew that that's the only chance that Cincinnati could lose the Super Bowl. Oh, wait, you can't hear that, can you? Uh, go to no. sharing shit. Advanced sharing. Uh, who can share? Only me. I want um, to stop. Hit this. Hit. Where is the share sound? Mm. Um, uh, the Chargers. Can you hear that? News out of the AFC West. There's a new. Head coach in that division. Take it away, Ian Rapp. Hello, Rich. The Patriot Way is coming to Las that? Vegas, and the Las Vegas Raiders get the package deal yes. they have wanted for weeks. Sources say that soon-to-be former Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels is expected to be the new Raiders head coach. His deal is now being finalized, should be official soon. Of course, there's been a couple near misses for McDaniels, most notably the Colts several years back, this time for real. He is not going alone. Dave Ziegler, the de facto GM of the New England Patriots, is expected to be the GM of the Las Vegas Raiders. These two have alignment. They're on the same page. They are close friends. And now the Las Vegas Raiders have a new leadership team in place, Rich. Mm, mm, mm. All right, so so I, 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 I'm I done talking about your Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's talk turkey here, man. Josh McDaniels is going to be leaving. I don't think he's a head coach. I, I just don't. Well, um... What does this do for the Patriots? Well, it hurts the Patriots. Huge. I mean, it definitely, it, it you know, whoever they bring in, you know, uh, I mean, it's still going to be Belichick's offense and defense. Yes. So, I mean, he, he, may, he may just promote, you know, a wide receivers or running backs coach or something to that nature. I mean, it affects the Patriots, but I'm not a huge Mac Jones guy, so I don't know if the Patriots are really going to be relevant anyway. It is with great pleasure that we welcome in the new head coach. But I don't think it's a good move for the Raiders at all. Uh, what about? I don't think he's a head coach. What about Brian Dable? 
another one. I, I think, you know, a lot of these guys that end up head coaches and they don't succeed. And I'm not saying that they were bad head coaches. It could be the circumstance that they were in. But a lot of these guys, I just think, succeed at their craft as a coordinator. And, and you go with, into the Giants and you, you leave Buffalo and you go to the Giants, who are one of the worst run teams in the NFL. And you hire a head coach before you have a general manager. Yes. It's just another one of them things. I just look at it as like, this is going to be another three year and fired thing. Who, I mean, Daniel Jones is their quarterback. Mm -hmm. Saquon Barkley can't stay healthy. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Daniel Jones may not be the quarterback after the draft. I understand that, but then you're starting with either a free agent or a rookie. All right, let's go through this list here real quick. Uh, Broncos. Finalized their deal for Nathaniel Hackett. That's the offense coordinator from Green Bay, right? Yes. I'm okay with that. Uh, I think that's a very good choice for the Broncos. I think the Broncos are going to be on an upswing this year, this coming year. Uh, You're right. The Broncos are just missing a quarterback. Yeah. I know know that's easy to say because they're not easy to find. But you're from Cleveland. You know how hard it is to find one. You're right. But, But the Broncos have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. They just need a quarterback. Matt Eberfluss. New uh, head have, coach. I really have no idea who he, who he is. New head coach for, uh, well, here. Parsha. Enter. I said pause, you little didn't shit. He, didn't he go to the Bears? Who is the guy there now in Chi-Town? It is Matt Eberflus, the former Colts defensive coordinator who really impressed in Chicago during his interview. I'm told the deal is now done. He is being hired. Matt Eberflus goes from Colts defensive coordinator to the new man in Chicago. And, you know, this was a search run by Bill Polian, of course, has strong ties to the Colts. And one of the main reasons Eberflus got put in front of the owners and then all he did was really impress. Sounds like his initial interview went extremely well. Brought back for a second interview. That was yesterday. Uh, so he was brought back with Dan Quinn and Jim Caldwell. In the end, they go with Eberflus. 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 Okay, so let, let, let me go first. <laughs> this, this, I'm this, so looking this forward. Make, this makes me laugh. <laughs> And it's only because, and I take nothing away from defensive coordinators. 
But if 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 you look at the NFL and the way it is trending over the last six to seven years, it's all offensive based. The Bears continue to hire defensive head coaches. And the defense is never their problem. Their problem is their offense. So it's just, it's laughable to me that they would not go with an offensive guy and stick with a strong defensive coordinator. And you got Justin Fields, which, you know, we don't know. He didn't really play a whole lot. And when he did, he was on a bad offense. But it's just, I, I, the Bears continue to just go, you know, it's not 1983 anymore. This isn't Mike Dicta and Mike Singletary in the in the fridge and all. It's not that anymore. The NFL's was, not played like that. I was just about to say, where the hell's Mike Ditka? I, I need right. some. It's like the, the Bears think that they're going to reinvent the fucking NFL wheel with just winning six to three every week. I need some polyester shorts. It's just, it, it's, I, I, I don't get it. I, and the thing is here is, you know, I understand that you cannot interview anybody that's currently in the playoffs until they're eliminated. Correct. Why the hell can't you wait two, three weeks? I'm not even going to talk about that right now. Let's move on to the rest of the news. Sean Payton. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, he he's a smart guy. He's he's looking and although with Tom Brady retiring, damn, that division might end up being the worst division in football next year. I I'm going to say something and I know I'm going to get hate mail for this, but I know I'm going to get hate mail for this. I keep forgetting that well, I was hate mail just for being you talking into my microphone here. Um, I consider Sean Payton to be what I call an opportunistic coach. He goes where he can go, where he knows he can win. And he doesn't have to build it. So he lost Drew Brees two years ago. He started to rebuild the New Orleans Saints. Figured out that it was going to be a tougher job than he thought. And just basically, uh, whatever. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you on that. uh, Now let me finish, please. I'm going to let you finish. He will take a year off. And I know what you're going to say. I already know what you're going to say. He will take a year off. And in that year, he's going to look around. And he's going to see what he sees. And the one team How about them Cowboys? 
that he is going to go to is going to be the Cowboys. I'm sorry, little dum dum. I just scared the shit out of him. Why is he going to go to the Cowboys? Because they're only a few steps away from a Super Bowl. He doesn't have a lot of work to do. The toughest part, the toughest part of his job is to look at the owner and say, we have to cut Ezekiel Elliott. We have to put our money into a much better running back. Oh, I think they'll cut Ezekiel Elliott before next year starts. I don't know. I don't know if Jerry will do that. He has proven time and time again the people that are loyal to him, he protects. Should Ezekiel have got, Elliott is loyal to himself. Should have gotten rid of Tony, Tony Romo. Tony yeah. Homo. Tony Homo. Three years before Tony finally retired. Who, by the way, is awful on television. And if oh anybody God. says he's good... I don't see it. And is his voice getting worse? It's like he it's like he's going through puberty. No, it, it sounds like he smokes four packs of cigarettes a day. Just, some of the things he says is just I think it's just he talks too much. That's very good point there. Uh I I do believe that I do believe Uh, isn't Jimmy Johnson on CBS? No, he's on Fox. He's on Fox. I do believe Sean Payton will go to the, go to Fox. He's going to go somewhere. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be on Fox. I think he's going to be right next to Jimmy Johnson so that he can get as much information as he can about the damn Cowboys. And then he's going <laughs> to march into AT&T. He's going to march into the Death Star. And ladies and gentlemen, we will see the Buffalo Bills playing against the Dallas Cowboys in two years. Okay, so mm -hmm. I do not consider Sean Payton an opportunist. Simply because he's been with the Saints for how many years? Had the same quarterback. Okay, but that doesn't make him an opportunist. It makes him looking at the situation going, um, okay, this is not going to work out well, and I'm a smart guy. So I'm going to step away for a year, mm -hmm. go do my thing, rejuvenate myself. Mm -hmm. But he's not going to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, he is. And I'm going to tell you why. Oh, you tell because me. Jerry tell me. Jones, Jerry Jones will never hire a coach that wants control. Jerry Jones wants a yes man. That's mm -hmm. why Mike McCarthy still has a job. That's why, um, um, oh, the guy before him that was there for like 30 years. That's why he stayed on as long as he did when they didn't win. 
That's why he got rid of Jimmy Johnson. Jerry Jones and his son will not give up the power of who they're going to draft and what they're going to do to a guy like Sean Payton. Mm. Sean Payton is going to have multiple opportunities to choose where he wants to go. And I don't think Dallas will be anywhere on his list. <laughs> now, All if right. he does, you're right. It turns them into a totally different team. Uh, but is he going to be able to say, like what you said, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this? I think I think when, when, you, when you start dealing with a head coach – with the caliber that he has, Jerry will tend to listen a little bit more. Okay, well, Mike McCarthy had a great run with Green Bay. And yes, it was uh, most of it was because he had Aaron. It Rock. was inherited. I understand. I just said it was it was mostly because he had Aaron Rodgers. There was this fabulous coach before Mike McCarthy who built right, that team. Man. Who built that team. I understand that. And then it came to Cleveland and screwed And us. sucked. Okay. <laughs> uh, next bit of news. Ben Roethlisberger retires. Bye. That it? That's all you got to say? See you in Canton in five years. You know he'll be there. I actually posted on Facebook something to the tune of, I can't wait until you have to live in Ohio for the rest of your life. Ben Roethlisberger has been a pain in my ass for almost 20 fucking years. So I'm there's glad to see him go. No remorse, have, no nothing. At, no, I have no remorse. I have absolutely nothing good to say about him. Nothing. And the only thing that makes me happy is his Hall of Fame speech is now going to be upstaged by Tom Brady's. Uh, that brings up the next one. Tom Brady's retirement just happened uh, two days ago. Although there's been disputed reports, but... Uh, he's done. Totally? 100%? I, I believe so. <sighs> okay. Um, can we hold on for a second so I can go wee-wee? Oh, Lord. No, you can't stop. A fan of Queen. All right. I found... And I don't know if that's Hall or Oates. I know it's one of them. That's oats. Uh, I found I found something. I found something the other day that uh, that uh, that kind of made me sit back and go, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And I found networks um, put on a mock draft, the full twenty twenty two first round mock draft. I'm going to play this for you. 
and then I will proceed to rip it to shreds. I hope so it has the brown right. It's going to be one of those things that he's going to have to address. And you put up two years of suspect tape. Can you hear that? It's hard to wipe that away. Yeah, he no. is very talented, but the tape is the tape. And, and and it's hard to ignore how he's looked the last couple seasons. Get to number 13. I've got the Browns taking Trevon Walker out of Georgia, who is kind of a freak. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. You look at it, I think he had six sacks. But he really didn't get to rush all that much. They kind of play him tight. They play him in like a four-eye inside the tackle a good bit. Um, so he's having to kind of play run to pass. And then they rotate guys through. 275-pound guy. You can see, I want to say it's the Florida game. You can see him drop in coverage, lay out, get his hand on a ball, tip it up in the air, and it's picked. Like this big dude plays off the ball. It, it's crazy the things he can do. I think he's going to be a better pro uh, than necessarily what we saw at Georgia. But I have him going there to the Browns. Uh, Jadavian Clowney probably going to walk out the door. He steps right in and starts. Yeah, this is uh, a good one because size, athleticism, playmaking ability. You don't get him to see him unleash it all the time. But man, that Georgia defense was so loaded. You can just feel it, man. They just feel like an NFL defense. He certainly played his role. We'll see. The Browns have to continue to keep adding pieces to the defense because it was really good, but you want great. And you have to find someone opposite Miles Garrett who also can be very productive. Well, this ain't the last of the Georgia guys in my mock draft here. Well, there's plenty more to come here. So what did you uh, think? I wholeheartedly disagree with that. I want what? the Browns to come I want the Browns to come away with Garrett Wilson, who is 6'3", 230 pounds out of Ohio State and plays like Jamar Chase and plays like DeAndre Hopkins and plays like those other guys where you have a threat downfield. I am not as worried about the Browns' defense, whether they lose Clowney or not, as I'm worried about the Browns' offense. Okay, who so was for the, someone who, who was it that you picked? That Hello, who was I'm it sorry? you picked? Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Okay, <laughs> I'm not sure he'll be there at 13, but well, if that, he is, they better draft him. I'm actually looking through the draft right now to see if they have him going that early. And they don't. They have him going 18th, and we are... Uh, 13th. 13th. I would take him in a minute. I watched almost every Ohio State game this year. This guy is a beast. Now... I do not know why the NFL networks are are thinking that um, Jadavian Clowney is not going to be here. Um, I think it's 50-50. I, I, I hope that that is resolved prior to us going into the draft oh it will be um i want jadavian clowney here i do not 
once again want to have to use our first round pick and not give Baker Mayfield weapons. They're not going to. I don't care what they say. Whether Clowney signs here or not, they are not going to use a pick on an edge rusher in the first round. They're not doing it. I uh, I don't care what Bucky Brooks or Jeff Darlington say. They're fools. It's uh Not I mean, a, we have to look. We have to look at it in perspective and go, okay, we're we're not going to draft an offensive lineman. Yeah, we're going to have to re-sign J.C. Treader. I don't think he's going to cost as much as he did this year because he wants to play another year, and I think he'll stay put. We don't have to spend anything on a running back. We just spent last year's draft on linebackers in the secondary and plus we still have Denzel Ward and, and, and we have we have Newsom we have Cormoa you know we have guys so where do you look that was the Browns biggest weakness the it offense. was the wide receiver um I, I would beg to differ with that but okay that's fine but I I, I don't <laughs> the clowny thing, I think Miles Garrett might be an influence on him because I feel like that it seems like Clowney's never been really happy anywhere he's been. And I think with Miles Garrett there, he does not have the load of being the main guy, and that's why. He had a good year. I'm not going to say he had a great year, but he had a good year. But they can't afford to pay him, you know, $10 million. So if you want an edge rusher, you can get him in the second or third round if he leaves. But yep. you got to get you got to get a stud wide receiver in the first round, and I will not back off on that. There you go. All right. Rams versus the 49ers, the NFC Championship. One of the most exciting games I've watched in a long time. I was extremely happy with this game. So happy. I actually took notes. What did you think of the game? Well, I, I thought it was a typical Rams 49ers game. It was. We're going to try to run the ball. And we're going to look for big plays. And we're going to let our defense do its best now. For some reason, San Francisco couldn't run the football. I don't know why. They just couldn't run the football. Debo okay. Samuel was, outside of a couple of plays, not a factor. He was hurt. Okay. But he still wasn't a factor. 
And the Rams defense in the fourth quarter just decided we're going to be the Rams defense. And we're going to go after Garoppolo because if he's under pressure, he just is average at best. When San Francisco can run the ball for 170 yards a game, Garoppolo looks like an MVP. Yeah. But when they can't, he looks like an average quarterback. And that's what they made him look like in the fourth quarter. And for the love of God, Odell Beckham Jr. decided, I'm going to have my best game in four fucking years. I'm not going to talk about it. I don't, I don't want to talk about it either. That would I really be a- don't. That'll it's be just a, a fact. That'll be a we discussion. Both know, we both agree that the way he played in what Cleveland is because he just did not want to be in Cleveland. And his play showed it. Go on. I forgot what I said. You kept talking over me. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you started. I wasn't finished. But okay, my bad. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about the Odell Beckham Jr. tomorrow. Why are we going to talk about it tomorrow? Because I know that Burley Gunner has a different view on things that I've got. It's going to give me a headache. Oh, tomorrow's show is going to be evil. Because that's the only football we're talking about tomorrow. Tomorrow's show is all 100% Rob Manfred, the status that Major League Baseball is in, and uh, what each person would do if they were the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Because something needs to happen in Major League Baseball. Now, we'll t- we'll discuss the Odell Beckham Jr. thing over there. I'm not going to talk about it right now because I'm fumed. But it was part of the game. I'm fumed. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, the point... It was that, painful to watch. The point that I've been making ever since he left here was that he was sandbagging in Cleveland... Absolutely, you did. I have said that and said that, and everyone was like, oh, he's not doing that. That would, He wouldn't do that. He, wouldn't, he couldn't catch a fucking ball. He had a 50% completion rate. He wasn't trying. He's at 70% now. You tell me how that motherfucker was trying to, to be a good football player in Cleveland. Oh, I am. Yeah, this could be a very heated conversation. Okay, tomorrow. so are you taking, let me ask you a question before we move on from Odell, because you said you didn't want to talk about it, which mm-hmm. you did. Mm-hmm. Are we taking some of the heat off of Baker at this point about Odell? Because I think it's very clear that Odell was not trying when he was with Cleveland. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if I can take anything off of Baker yet. 
Wait, where, no, where? but just specifically with Odell. Uh, with Odell, I don't think that it was. I don't think it was Baker at all. Okay, that's that was my question. Specifically I, with Odell. I mean, the minute that his dad put that crap out online, I said everything I said about Baker, I take back as far as Odell goes. Odell was the you. You can't tell. Go back and look at the videos, man. People, I go did. back and look at the videos. The ball was square in freaking Odell Beckham Jr.'s hands, and he would still drop it. It's like I said when his dad dropped that video. I said, "Where's where's all the where's all the videos of when the ball was in his hands and he didn't hang on to it? Where was when he caught the ball?" And didn't make a move like he does with the Rams now, and can get a first down. I yards uh, after the catch. As I said, we will discuss that tomorrow. I right. do not believe that this is the time to discuss that. That's fine. Because I, I I'm gonna have to take about four Xanax before um, <laughs> we do this. But. Outside of that, the game kind of went the way I thought it would go. I didn't um, think the Rams would get down 10. But at the end of the day, I thought the Rams would have enough to pull it out. Uh, let's see. Here, Here's my notes. Um, first quarter, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Uh, and I have said this throughout the year. You never know which Jimmy Garoppolo you're going to get. You're absolutely right. Uh, Jimmy G's first time out, they actually turned over on downs. Well, they tried to, they tried for a field goal and it missed. Gotta love Gould. Um, then the Rams came out and <laughs> Cooper Cup, I want this guy. That's I, a little white boy that I would love to have on my team. Oh my gosh, do I want this guy? Um, he was incredible. Uh, Cooper Cut Cup uh, made one of the most amazing catches I've ever seen for a first down, and uh, he he was actually a playmaker throughout the whole game. It was kind of a slow going in the first quarter and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't um, think that, I think it took the Rams that long to figure out what they really wanted to do. Well, I I think they also got surprised. Uh they got surprised with Jimmy Ward's interception in the end zone. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that really threw uh Los Angeles off. They they kept going to McVay showing pictures of McVeigh uh after right after the interception and he kept trying to calm everyone down he kept trying to say it's it's okay it's okay we can make it through this you know you could see that he was trying to mitigate the situation right um, right uh, let me say something real quick before and then you can finish sure. your entire point is you know when that game I was watching the game with Cross Street with my buddy and at the end of the first quarter, there was no score. And he's like, I can't believe there's no score. And I said, you know, when you're playing each other in a game like this, 
it takes a quarter for the teams to figure out what the other team is doing. So you can make those adjustments. Mm -hmm. So that was not surprising to me that there was no score. Yeah, the interception in the end zone, that that could have been a backbreaker. Oh, that could have that could have been so bad. Um I I I actually had visions of Oh boy. Of uh Nick Chubb and uh and uh God, why is my head going blank today? Uh, who's the other fucking running back? Come on, Scott. Think. Who? For Dude, who? I, for Cleveland. Kareem Hunt? There. <laughs> I, you, I, you didn't just, listen to Mama Spetty's sermon today. That's why. I just hope you know that little section right there will be cut out of. Were um, you forgetting Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I had visions of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb watching Mitchell and Akers run today. Mitchell and Akers both 100% saved this game. Uh, yeah, those two were, were, were top-notch. Uh, Although yes. San Francisco only ran the ball for, uh, you can bring it up, maybe 60 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, Akers was, didn't fumble, which is the big thing. And what, what, he huh? had a lot of very quality carries, which got them into opportunistic down and distance. I actually wrote down here, Mitchell saved their asses uh, on getting them out of the end zone uh, when when they uh, down the punt on the three-yard line, four-yard line. Okay, well, Mitchell plays for the 49ers. You're talking Akers and Sony Michelle. Uh, yes, it was Michelle. Because Mitchell plays for the 49ers. It was Michelle. I don't know why I, I wrote down Mitchell. Or actually, it's it's an iPhone. I bet, okay. you, I bet you five but, bucks. Yeah, okay, so, so now it. that we're on the same page, I totally agree. When they had the ball three-yard line, they got eight yards on that first play. Sony, Michelle, and Aker. Okay, here's, here's what I wrote. I wrote, Michelle saves their asses, getting them out of the end zone. Michelle and Akers rock as a rushing duo. So, uh, but this was, uh, you have to give McVeigh a, a, a bunch of kudos for, for sticking with the rush, um, which opened up their wide receivers to be, wide the hell open exactly and 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 i'll add this to that because i totally agree with you there was a a a part of the about the middle of the season when the rams were struggling and they were losing games and people are even questioning whether they would make the playoffs or not Mm -hmm. and their pass to rush ratio 
was about 80% pass, 20% rush. And mm. they changed that. And McVay went, you know what? We have to run the ball to get our receivers open. Yes. And they did that. And they, and even when they're only getting one or two yards, it still makes the defense be honest. You can't drop two safeties back now. So Cooper Cup has a cornerback and a spy safety. And that leaves Odell Beckham Jr. and Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby, who I know got hurt, but then Blanton came in. That leaves one-on-one matchups with a corner, maybe a safety, and probably a linebacker. Yeah. So that favors the offense. Even if you only get 10 yards, it doesn't matter. It's a first down. Now you run the ball again, and you keep wearing out the defense. What was time possession in that game? Um, I was just, uh, I actually, one of the notes that I have, I didn't want, I don't want to get into time of possession until we get through the second half, uh, of my notes, because I actually have it written down, find the time of possession for, for the first half, uh, because LA ran the clock as far as time of possession goes, but let me finish my notes here. Uh, Cup, TD, second quarter with eight minutes, 46 seconds left, 15-yard pass. This was this was third and 15. And uh, Stafford... That was the touchdown, right? Yeah, Stafford threw twice, and, and it was drop ball, drop ball, and I'm sitting right, here right, going... Right. Holy crap! We're gonna go to freaking fourth and fifteen. They're only I gonna think get they a field a penalty goal. in there too. Um, they, well, that's why it went to fourth, or that's why it it went from first and ten to first and fifteen. Right, right, right. And then they never got off of the line of scrimmage. But then Cup, just I, I don't care what team you are, if you do not cover Cooper Cup. He will catch the ball. And he's so freaking tall, man. He he literally went up in the air, grabbed the ball, came down, landed on his back. I was like, nobody could jump as high as him. You're right. And that was third and 15. And I remember it was second and 15 or first and 15. And they ran the ball and didn't get anywhere. Right. Uh, and I thought to myself, why the fuck are you running a ball on first and 15? Then I, I think it was incomplete. And then it was another incomplete. But third and 15, you're right. I mean, this guy, okay, we have to acknowledge this guy won the triple crown for wide receivers this year. Yeah, exactly. And he's always wide fucking open. He's just—he's tall. Oh, I love this. I wish he was on. I wish, I wish he was on the freaking Cleveland Browns. And he's, but he's—he's he's so fast and he's so—he's so smart. And the other thing that that people don't realize is he can block. 
Um, so he can block a defensive end. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he's a big boy. You don't he, see it though. Everybody looks at him as this little white dude. He's not little. But he's really not. All right, my my next note was uh, under two minutes left in the game, L.A. kicks for a field goal, and it goes wide right. Yeah, that, was, that, that kick was awful. Well, I I don't know I don't know what the the next note that I had on here were was uh let's see here. Teams need to start working on these kickers. Because San Francisco went down, and their kicker sucked. Yeah, I guess Cincinnati figured it out, though. I, I, these teams have got to start working on their, their kickers. Now, I went and did notes for this. Okay, but the, the game ended, or that was halftime. And that was a good thing. Um, let me bring up my... It was 10 to 7, correct? Yes. So this was a very low-scoring game. Um, I thought it would be. I told you that the other day. I I, I think I said 14 to 10 on this game. No, I, I don't remember what I said, but it was low. Now, the other game, I said that it was going to be 41 to 42. 42 I, to 41. I, I thought it would be not that high, but I thought it would be in the high 20s, which I think it was. Uh, it was, 27 to kick, 24. But, but I... My I wrong. But what? My Who I said was going to win was wrong. Yes. Well, uh, we were both wrong on that one. I think the only thing that I can say for myself to save grace is is to say that uh, uh, I did say that Cincinnati could win this game, um, which doesn't mean a lot. But, no. You know, fuck me running. So anyway, hang on a second here, my friend. Let's see here. Uh, I'm li- I'm looking at the stats. Uh, and guess what? I don't think, wait, teams, uh, time of possession. So this is going to be for the whole game because they don't, uh, separate this on NFL. I should, I should go somewhere else. No, I want to know for the whole game. I don't care how it breaks down. Time of possession was 35 minutes, 39 seconds for L.A., 24 minutes for San Francisco. Okay, so Uh, my first question about that is, why wasn't this game a blowout? Well, because the Rams, like I said, I think the Rams got lost in the first half when the interception was thrown in the end zone. I think that flustered them for part of the game. It took McVay an entire quarter to get them settled back down and into the groove. That's fair. 
I agree uh, with that. Uh, and and I could totally. I mean, after playing sports myself, after you've played sports, there are many times that you sit back and you're like, "What? What the hell? I I could, uh, you know, you're constantly thinking, and it takes a lot to get some of that stuff out of your head." Oh, it's That's like that. striking out with the bases loaded in two outs. It's like that. It's like. Okay, I, I was doing a race at, at Pocono, and uh, Norm Benning asked me to come over and and uh, run the jack for his first pit crew. And uh, it was a hot day, super, super hot day. Uh, I run out there with the jack. I slide it under the car. I jack up his car. And halfway through the pit stop, it falls off the jack and it rips like half of his, half the side of his car off. Um, what had ended up happening was, was the asphalt that I was jacking on was so soft from the heat that the jack sank down into the asphalt and it caused the car to fall off of the jack. Well, I was flustered for the rest of the race. Thank God he didn't come in for another pit stop because I would have. Anyways, uh, and I think that's where they were at halfway through the game. Yeah, I mean the, the Rams looked very confused in the first half. They 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 didn't. They were running the ball diligently. They were doing a good job of it, but it was like the there. I mean Cooper Cup was really not involved in the first half a whole lot. No, I know he caught the touchdown. Well, he had a, he had a touchdown, but... But it wasn't like... It was almost like they were utilizing Odell Beckham because Cooper Cup was having a safety spy. And, you know, they weren't using Van Jefferson a lot. They weren't doing a lot of the different things that the Rams normally do. And I think you're right. I, I think it, it took that first half for the coach to go, you know what, that, we got to go back to our game and forget about that. I mean, you got to understand, and, and everybody's a human. Matt Stafford has spent how many years in Detroit always losing? Yeah. And then yeah. he throws an interception in the end zone in the NFC Championship game. That's got to be demoralizing for that guy. Well, he wasn't the only one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I go into my notes here, and the last note that I have, I wrote in the beginning of the third quarter. And all it says is Beckham, Beckham, Beckham. Um, I didn't take any notes from that point on. I, I, I do have to talk about the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo does, Jimmy, G. Jimmy G does not do well in pressure situations. I think we've seen that in almost every game that he has played. If it comes down to pressure, he starts to throw incompletions. He throws interceptions, and that's exactly what happened in the fourth quarter. 
Well, he was awful in the fourth quarter. He got the ball on the 25, tried to throw to Hasty, incomplete, threw a three-yard pass to, to, to Jennings for a loss of three yards, and then proceeded to throw... <laughs> Throw to Hasty, even though Hasty had two Los Angeles Rams sitting around him. And the interception came, which basically ended the game. Uh, right, right. I get that. Okay, so. I totally, I, I, I have no argument with you about Jimmy G in the fourth quarter because, again, he proved he's just an average quarterback. And that's why they drafted Trey Lance, and we'll see. But when the Rams were down 17-7, to and I think they made it 17 to 10. Yes, they did. Uh, let's and see here. Stafford uh, gets the ball back and throws that ball down the middle. And the safety for the 49ers lets it go right through his hands. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, it, the Rams go down, the, then the Rams go down and get a touchdown. Yeah, it's... It... I, I I I have to ask you this question because this popped into my head. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was supposed to be the next Tom Brady. He's not. Uh, do you think that Bill Belichick hid that from everyone? I mean, he kept Jimmy G for what five years. Okay, but yeah. I I, I would say no, because if they would have moved on from Tom Brady at that point and kept Jimmy G, I think Jimmy G might be a different quarterback. Really? Because of the offense he would have been in. Well, he, he's okay. He Shanahan's would have had offense. Shanahan's offense. Is you know you got Debo Samuel, you you want your running game and you want to play defense. The the 49ers cannot use the run pass option with Jimmy G. They can't do it because right. he can't move. And that's not the Patriots' offense. I think he would have succeeded with New England. I think he could succeed somewhere else. And can he stay healthy? That's the other question. I mean, he's going to be on another team next year. We just don't know who. But, you know, it, it just depends on the fit with him. Well, I mean, uh, he's, not, he's not a scrub. Uh, no. I, as a matter of fact, I was... Uh... I was sitting down thinking about where Jimmy G may end up. 
and it wouldn't surprise me to see him go to New Orleans. That wouldn't uh, shock me. I I think New Orleans knows that they they have they have a quarterback issue. Uh they have nothing coming down the pike and Jimmy G would excel in in that uh in that place. Okay, the problem I have and I, I wouldn't surprise me. The problem I would have with New Orleans is number one, I don't know who their head coach is gonna be and what his style of offense is gonna be. The other thing is they are so far over the salary cap that are they going to be able to keep guys like Alvin Kamara? Are they going to be able to keep Michael Thomas coming back from an injury? And if he doesn't have any kind of weapons, then I don't see that working. I could see Denver maybe as a possibility. I could see that as well. Um, I don't see the Giants. I don't see Washington. Maybe Carolina. Because, you know, you're going to get a healthy McCaffrey back. You've got decent wide receivers. You have a good defense. And that division, if Tom Brady retires, is going to be wide open. Because Atlanta stinks. Tampa Bay is going to stink. And New Orleans is going to stink. Hold on. Did did you just say if Tom Brady retires? Well, I've heard I've heard he's going to retire, but I'm not going to say I'm not going to go on the record and say that he's retired because I have not heard that from Tom Brady. And that would be bad journalism. That that would be horrible journalism. Uh, I could see Carolina. I could see Houston. Well, uh, honestly, we don't know what what uh, Carolina is going to do yet. Uh, Houston, Houston may have something up their sleeve first. You you got to remember, Deshaun is still under contract with them. I understand that, but he's also never going to play for them again. I understand that. Like, their only choice right now is to trade him. But part of that trade could be for a quarterback that they're going to be fine with. And who's that? Baker Mayfield. Okay, well, then so be it. But outside of that, they're not trading for Tua. Aaron I mean, Johnson. But whoever they trade him to, once he's cleared of all of this bullshit and it's all settled, they're going to get first-round picks for him. Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers can be a free agent, so you don't even have to trade him. Uh, is he a free agent? I thought we he said has that, the right to be. Well, it's his choice. Uh, let's see here. Gonna have to bring up my little, my little pay meter. 
my little my little humdinger pay meter. I love me some Aaron Rodgers, man. I love his attitude. I just love the fact that he doesn't like anyone. Uh, it was his own fault that they uh, didn't make it into the playoffs. Uh, and at this point in time, they're $48 million over the salary cap. Uh, God, $46 million next year, man. I know. So. And this is where I tell everybody, and I told you guys this, and nobody wanted to listen, is when you pay these quarterbacks that kind of money, it takes away from the rest of your roster. Okay, what what is this here? Green Bay must. If they sign in, if they if Green Bay keeps Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, half their salary cap's going to be wrapped up into two people. You can't win like that. Kansas City is seeing it. They weren't able to keep a lot of key guys in the last couple of years because they're paying. Patrick Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey so much fucking money. The Rams window is this year and next year. After that, they're going to suck. They don't have a first round pick for until 2024. All right. So the potential out is 2022. You are correct in that. Uh, 2023 has been voided already, and the Green Bay Packers will be paying a $7 million dead cap. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers wants to stay in Green Bay, they're going to have to restructure, either, either restructure his last year or backload it somehow. Because they will not be able to put a quality team on the field. Um, okay, the only way that his contract would be able to be voided out in 2022 is if Green Bay did not improve its defense return TD mark from 2021 to 2022, which right. they did not do. So, he is allowed to leave. I, you know what? That's freaking awesome for Cleveland. Well, that was that was a stipulation. You know, all the bullshit over the offseason last year. Is he coming back? Is he leaving? Is he retiring? The stipulation for him coming back in his last year was, or they signed him for two years, mm -hmm. but the stipulation was is it's not a team option the second year it's the player option so he basically said i'll come back next year but if i want to leave after next year i'm allowed to 
And then Green Bay will not get any compensation for him. Uh, all right. All right. Before we go any further, we've got to take a break here. All right. We got about a half hour before I really need to chill out and eat and go to bed. We'll be right back. Hello? Well, apparently that's the end of the show. Bob said that we got to wrap it up. We'll talk at you well, later. I mean, tired as fuck. You're always fucking tired. And I'm just tired of hearing it. So that's why I keep going. Uh, since I, I'll tell you what. Ever since I had COVID over Christmas, I have a constant headache and it won't go away. Oh. I know it sucks, but it's whatever. Here. There you go. What about that? No, you have COVID thumb. All the skin on both my thumbs have fallen off. All the I'd skin have... on all my fingers have fallen off. Well, stop jacking off. All the skin on this hand has fallen off. Well, stop double fisting it. Who the fuck's going to win the Super Bowl? You know what? I have no fucking idea. I will make a prediction tomorrow. Right now, I would really lean towards Cincinnati. Yeah. I don't. The only reason I wouldn't is because I know that the Rams' defensive line and linebackers are better than Kansas City's. But the Rams really didn't put a lot of pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo until about the last seven minutes of the game tonight. So, and I don't know if that's attributed to San Francisco's offensive line. Don't know. I, I would I would lean towards Cincinnati just because I think that could outscore the Rams. But if the Rams can get a couple of sacks early in the game and kind of disrupt what Cincinnati's trying to do, and with Jalen Ramsey on Jamar Chase, that could turn the tables. But if the Rams are going to win the game, it's going to be more low. It's going to be more more low scoring. We if shall. Cincinnati's going to win the game. It's going to be in the high 20s and 30s. We shall find out in, what, two weeks? Yeah. They, they get a week off, right? Right. Well, who's going to win the Pro Bowl? Eh. Do, do they still play that? Yeah, it's next week. Isn't it in Las Vegas? I think so. I think so. I don't watch it. If I was a pro football player, would I give a shit about going to Las Vegas? The only all-star game I watch is baseball. I mean, it was it was a fun thing when the Pro Bowl was in Hawaii every year. I would love to go to Hawaii. Yeah, I don't know. But um, anyways. It's, it's, you know, it's one of them things. Anyways. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen... 
Thank you for listening. Uh, Oshimaida and myself are are done. I'm tired. I want to. I want to go to bed. Um, I'm thinking about the same thing myself. So we shall be back tomorrow uh, on the Cleveland Sports Fan. Yeah, but we got to deal with the other two. Yeah, but it's going to be. I mean, the only football thing we're going to talk about is the Beckham. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it a little bit better throughout the week and not double up stories. You know, we, we would go and, and yourself and me or yeah, yourself and I would do a show on Sunday that went over the football that happened over the weekend. Correct. Then we'd do the Cleveland sports fan and we would go over football that happened over the weekend. Then we would do the Burley Gunner show, which would talk about the football that happened over the weekend. Then we would do the four chubs which talked about the football that happened the week before, plus the football that happens the week after. I don't know. I, I If I were a listener, I'd start to get annoyed at hearing the same thing over and over and over all week long. No, there, there's a particular show. There's a particular show on FS1 that I do no longer watch because they do the same thing for two hours. Yeah. They talk about the same thing and they talk about the Dallas Cowboys and it gets so annoying. I don't even watch it anymore. Uh, And I'm not going to name the show. I'm just going to tell you that I used to like this show a lot. But, but does I it don't have... want to hear about the Dallas Cowboys the week before the Super Bowl does... and whether Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback. Does it have to do with with uh, one of my favorites named Skip? No, it does not. Oh, I'm actually surprised. No, it does not. Um. I'm actually surprised because he's always going on and on about the damn Cowboys. Okay, so there's multiple shows that just continually talk about... I mean, they have segments. And they have a segment about a certain thing. It's America's team. Two other segments. And then they come back to the same thing. It's America's team. Okay, but... Outside of Dallas, nobody fucking cares. It's America's team. It's not America's team. Uh, okay, who's who's America's team? I don't think there is an America's team. America's team. The Dallas Cowboys. They may have named themselves that, but guess what? That's what they're named. Do you know... Outside of Dallas Cowboy fans, do you know how what the percentage of people that hate the Dallas Cowboys uh, is? 
Mm. Since I'm a part of that club here in Dallas, uh, you, you have to remember that three quarters of the people that live in Dallas are not from Dallas. So most of them really kind of hate the Cowboys. Only the people that grew up here like the Cowboys. Um, unless you're kind of, well, I can't say that word. Never mind. <sighs> Anyways. It is what it is. America's team, man. All right. Somebody told me the other day that the Cleveland Browns were America's team. I looked at them and said they have to win a fucking Super Bowl first. They got to win a division first. Well, they've. Oh, wait. They still haven't. No, they've won a division before. Uh, yeah, 30 years ago. They haven't won a conference, but they've won a division. I mean, if I think if there was one team that would be called America's team, and you, and I know it would be debatable, and that's fine, and I get it, and I don't want to argue about it, would be Green Bay. I think if you were going to name something as America's team, it would have to be. The Washington Admirals. <laughs> Is that what they're going to be? That's going to be. That's what they're going to be. Day. All right, guys. We're out of here. Right, Come man. on back tomorrow for the Cleveland Sports Fan with Burley Gunner. The Odell Beckham Jr. show. Oshimaida. It's going to be painful. Dr. Dog. The Cleveland Sports Fan. Where we get to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. And the entire cast gets to explain what they would do to fix baseball if they were the commissioner. All right, we're out of here. All right, late. Late. <laughs>